ECU, Private Nation, Purple and Gold Family, stand to your feet, put your crossbones up, and lean side to side, yeah, and lean side to side, yeah, and lean side to side, come on, yeah, 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 welcome to the island, man, it's crazy in here, a whole sea of purple and gold waving in here. Welcome into the Pirate Preview here on the Sports Objective. We're getting ready for a big game on Saturday night, Dowdy Ficklin, 6 o'clock against Charleston Southern. I'm Dave Richmond along with my good friend Kyle from LaGrange. Barbara, how are you, dude? What's going on, Dave? Yeah, hopefully uh, Pirates can get two in a row after we uh, took care of business down or up in Huntington last Saturday night. Now, uh, come back home against Charleston Southern, FCS opponent. Uh, Pirates need to get this one to get to two and two. 42-38 over Marshall, and we're uh, past that now as we're looking forward to the next game. And ha- hard to believe the, the month of September already gone, my friend. Uh, four games, three down and one to go for this month. Yeah, it's, uh, it went by fast. I think most Pirates that are realistic, um, I had the idea in their head of going two and two. I think um, yeah, best case scenario was three and one. Um yeah. And uh, I think most people thought we'd lose to Marshall. I think most people thought we'd we'd beat it's App or South Carolina or maybe App and South Carolina yeah. and lose at Marshall. And lo and behold, Marshall's the one we won. And uh, Marshall and App are playing right now in a hell of a back and forth ball game. Uh, as we as we are broadcasting live and recording, if you're listening on a podcast app on a Thursday night. But uh, I don't know. Like you said, September's almost gone. One more game left in the month, and uh, it is it is desperately dire. That we uh, that we take care of business and get to five hundred. Yeah, we get two and two as we predicted on the show, and and most pirate fans have that you know you go five hundred, and you get the uh, a good chance at the bowl. And I tell you what, guys, if you can win this week, uh, the pirates are definitely Mike Houston and company not overlooking Charleston Southern. Uh, by the way, on the show before we forget, uh, we had <clears throat> two great guests of the all time leading running back. As far as the number of yards in Notre Dame history as a coach of Charleston Southern, Audrey Denson, he's been great to us back in the summertime. And we, hey, we're we going to play uh, some clips from him about the offense. Kyle, you were with us on Tuesday night after our show. We interviewed him, uh, the defense special teams, about another clip we're going to ask him about. Uh, it's actually Kyle's question. Uh, we're going to ask him about how he feels about FCS and FBS moving to the spring and playing football games. So we'll get his answer on that. We also have Jeff Barber, the director of athletics, a native of Greenville. He graduated from Rose High and, of course, uh, went to ECU and graduated in 1977. He had a, a great long tenure in East Carolina before going in multiple stops, including Liberty, and now is the third director of all time at the great school Charleston Southern. And so we'll get his thoughts on Greenville and Pirates and the like. We'll talk to him. As well, we have actually some clips. If you want to get uh, the full interviews, we'll put those up. Uh, we'll have some of those clips and thoughts from those guys inside the show. Kyle, I tell you what, uh, with this game, like you said, uh, another great a chance for us to have a home game. It's great that you get that win in Marshall. That was the one you were worried about, I know, in game three. But now it's nice as you have a win on the road, something the Pirates couldn't do in the and previously. And now they're able to do that. Plus, they have the home game. You feel like you have a good shot against Charleston Southern. That bring you two and two. And then, uh, lo and behold, you have a two-game homestand. You have Tulane next week as well. 
Yeah, take a deep breath, Dave. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good to get the win over Marshall. Um, like we said, we've we've kind of talked that to death. It was uh, you know, a one that everybody's going to remember. But it's time to move on past that. Uh, Charleston Southern, um, you know, comes in. They're one and one on the year. Uh, beat Monmouth, or excuse me, lost to Monmouth. Uh, beat the Citadel, their crosstown rival down there in Charleston, and then lost to Monmouth, who is a uh, top twenty-five FCS program. And uh, so one and one, um, they run kind of an air raid style offense. Um, so uh, guys who uh, like that old Lincoln Riley offense, uh, it'll look familiar to you. Um, they uh, have a lot of air raid tendencies to their offense anyway. Um, gave up a lot of points to Monmouth. I don't have that score here in front of me, but I know they gave up a lot of points. Um, so uh, it should be an interesting game. Um, you, you got you got to handle your business, and uh, when you're when you're taking on a uh, FCS opponent. And the Pirates haven't done that in the past. They have under Mike Houston. But uh, under uh, under the previous head coach, uh, you know, we lost to Mike Houston and JMU, and we lost to uh, North Carolina A&T. Everybody will remember that one. So uh, we know we have to take FCS opponents seriously. And um, you want to you, you wanna go to some of those comments from uh, from from a coach now? Uh, let's uh, put up. Well, we've got uh, Scott Shook. We have the chairman of the uh, of the board, the board of trustees. Uh, we're going to put his Facebook comment first. Thank you, Scott, as always, for coming on Great Pirate. He's saying that Tulane maybe the is saying is that is the most important game of the year. All hey, all right, know- well, let's 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 get off that. I'm Scott. No disrespect, but if I hear one more person say that Tulane's the most important game of the year, I'm going to scream. Look, just like South Carolina was the most important game of the year, right? We lost to it. Then what do we do the next week? We beat Marshall. Now, what does that show everyone, boys and girls? We have the ability to win on the road. Now, what's to say we don't lose to Tulane, then go beat Houston and UCF? I mean, I look, I, I don't – people have this misconception of Tulane. I'm not so sure Tulane's not better than Houston and UCF without their quarterback. UCF lost their quarterback for several weeks against Louisville. I'm not so sure Tulane is not better than both of them now. Um, this ain't this ain't your daddy's Tulane. Uh, they play good football, and I know they gave up a lot of points to Ole Miss. And Scott Scott Shook, I'm not taking this out on you. I'm just sick of hearing the Tulane is the game of the year. Look, we can lose to Tulane, then go win one of our next two on the road against Houston or UCF, and we'll be three. And we'll we'll be at that point if we won one of those next two, we'd be three and four. Here's the key: you got to beat Temple, you got to beat USF. You got to beat Navy. Navy because those three yep. are very bad this year. And I know we have a bad history against Navy. They're terrible so far this year. You got to take care of your business against those three. Okay. So in my opinion, what you got to do to get to a bowl, any, any combination to get to six will work. But in my opinion, your must wins are Charleston Southern, South Florida, Temple, Navy. Okay. Now that would give us five wins. So you got to steal one. Tulane, Houston, UCF, we just need to win one of those. To me, after Charleston Southern, for my path to get to a bowl, we need to win one of our next three, be it Tulane, UCF, or Houston. And again, the road ain't no issue for us. We played our, we played our best game of the year on the road. And if you remember last year, we played well on the road. Uh, we played well at Tulsa. So, Yep. Scott Shook says, you're not wrong. I know Tulane is better, no doubt, but maybe the most winnable game of UCF, Houston, and Memphis. Well, you know, Memphis actually yeah. is, uh, you know, who knows? Memphis Memphis just beat Mississippi State. I know um, they did. What I'm yeah. saying is, 
what I'm saying, another what I'm my point is, is you make a great point. If you ask a coach Houston, Coach Houston would say every game is the most important. And I'll tell you, and I'll tell you something else. If 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 we've learned anything from watching Coach Houston football teams, when he plays teams that that like to run the ball and like to play good defense, he tends to, to do the same thing against them. And it doesn't work out well. Um, Tulane, for example, likes to play hard-nosed defense and they like to run the ball. Uh, we tend to do better, Tulsa, SMU, when we're playing teams that like to – and Marshall, when we're playing teams that like to spread it out. And we have to do what they're doing to keep pace. Um, so that's why, again, I really like that Houston game. I'm telling you, now watch, I'll have to eat my words. But <laughs> I, I, I uh, that Houston game just intrigues me. I, I'm, I'm not – I, I, I think um, – help me out, Dave, Houston's head coach. Oh, Dana H- Hogerson. Uh, yeah, I think Hogerson's a bit uh, unmotivated these days. Um, and I'm just telling you, we haven't played Houston in a while. There's just something about that Mike Houston at Houston. Their stadium's called TDECU. Uh, <laughs> that one, uh, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be surprised to see us walking out of Houston with a win. But that's – there's a long way between now and then. And look, I'm glad. Look, I hope we beat Charleston Southern and everybody packs Dottie Ficklin. It feels like that two-lane game is the most important game of the year. I just don't want everybody losing their minds if we don't beat them. There's still a lot of football left to be played. And you watch this Marshall team play Appalachian State right now. They're a good football team. That was a legit good win the other night. So this football team can compete. With anybody left on the schedule, you know, maybe Cincinnati might be asking a lot. Who knows? But don't don't give up on the season if we lose to Tulane in a couple weeks. Great pirate here, former mayor of Greenville, Alan Thomas. Hey, AT, how are you doing, brother? Good, guys. Can you see me okay? Yeah, we got you, AT. Yeah, I wonder who you're pulling for. In the man cave, watching uh, the the conclusion here, the half of uh, Appalachian picking up the score right for the half and. I guess they hope to get the ball here in the start of the second. But uh, how cool is it to see two teams that we've already matched up with this early in the season? I'm sure you've been talking about it, but kind of a good measuring stick of, of hopefully our, our progress, right? Yeah, Marshall's a good football team. Um, Ali is uh, – wow. he is a stud. He may be the fastest running back I've seen since Chris Johnson. Um, he, uh, uh, he He's a superstar. Uh, on that uh, on that punt – or on that kickoff return for a touchdown earlier, I mean, good God. Um but kind of rooting for Marshall Allen. I don't know about you. Um, just because, uh, you know, App beat us. And uh, so it would look good, I guess, for us. If Marshall beats App, you know, we, we can kind of go, hey, maybe if we played you now, the results would be different. Yeah, it gives gives uh, some credence to the fact that hopefully we are improving in some areas. And, hey, we went on, a, a, on the road in a tough environment and picked up a, you know, took a win late in the game. And, um you're, you're absolutely correct. You'd love to see uh, Marshall be able to find a way and to, to go and boom that hostile environment, pick up a win, and and uh, just more power for us. And a, a good day for East Carolina. Picked up a big uh, commitment today at running back, and a lot a lot of good yeah. things going on. And um, um, you know, Donnie Kilpatrick is uh, you know posting memes of uh, folks doing the pimp walk. You know, coming the coaching staff coming in, and so I think they're feeling pretty pretty heady here coming into uh, picking up that first victory this past week. No question. Yeah, about it. No doubt. Uh, Donnie K. Uh, Donnie K. Is always. Uh, he's always got something interesting to say or tweet or post. I. Uh, <laughs> I, I At we were just talking. Uh, Scott Shook had posted. Uh, 
on, on the uh, on the screen here. He commented, and I've heard several other people make this statement that if we beat Charleston Southern, the Tulane game is the most important game of the season and a must win. It is driving me crazy to hear people say that. And, and look, I hope everybody believes that and they pack Dottie Pickle Stadium for Tulane. But I, I just think people are putting too much in on that game. If we lose to Tulane, as we've shown, we can win on the road. There's no reason to believe that if we lose to Tulane in a couple weeks, and I'm not looking past Charleston Southern, that we can't then go win at UCF or at Houston. If we lose to Tulane, the season is not a watch. I'm just curious to see and, and kind of my thoughts post-game and, and, and thinking about it further this week and hearing the coaching comments. And, you know, sometimes you, you know, you have some difficulties and you're not exactly sure why. And then sometimes you push all the right buttons and uh, you, you pick up a win and you're not exactly sure why. I look forward to seeing whether we can uh, stretch together two weeks in a row uh, with, you know, regardless of opponent and, and seeing us uh, string together two or three quarters of in a row of significant offense and uh, superior defense and seeing what we can do. And to me, that's the real key going into this week. It's one of those great scenarios where uh, if we if we play to our game, our, the only people that you always hear this saying in football, the only team, the only people that can beat us are ourselves this coming Saturday. We got to see us step up and I want to see some consistency, guys. That's what I'm really looking forward. It's great to have Charleston Southern in, as you said. But, you know, if we show the fact that we can produce in a similar fashion two weeks in a row, I agree with you. Any game is uh, is possible for the remainder of this season, and who knows where Cincinnati is further down the line. But but name me anybody else that you know if we can string together a couple of games together of this type of potency on offense and then but not break defense, and we can't win a game. Let me ask you a question going back to that Marshall game. You're talking about pushing the right buttons and can we do it consistently? I I hate to say it, but Coach Houston would rather win the ball running it down your throat, and I believe he'll believe he can do that against Charleston Southern, and he probably can. So I, I, I wonder how much creativity we'll see in the offense this week just because we don't have to. But with that said, when, when, when CJ went out against um, Marshall, Holton really seemed to, to play better. And I, this is not taking anything away from CJ, but I, I kind of thought, you know, CJ is such a, is such a, a focal point for, for Holton. He, he's, he's been playing with him since high school. He targets him so much. I kind of wondered if it made him, you know, scan the field more, find his tight end, go to Audio Amatosho by, by CJ not being in there for a few plays. You know, you, you have some success when with some guys, and I really think the fact that we were – that Calhoun and bringing a potent tight end play to the middle of the field completely changed our dynamic completely oh, yeah. change it. The fact that we had that matchup that we really haven't had all year, all of a sudden that makes a lot of things open. You create that interesting safety valve and it forces, it really puts a stress on the defense. And yeah, sure. You know, CJ and, and, uh, and Holton have, have had this connection for, you know, uh, four or five, six years. But, but I tell you also just the confidence in Omatoso making catches that he wasn't making earlier yeah. in the year, having the best game he's probably maybe had in a year and a half. Um, you know, and, and seeing the tight end play, the first time we've seen that in, in the Houston era, you know, guys, maybe we're seeing the, the maturation of, of this offense right in front of our eyes that we 
we're not dependent on one matchup. It's not always throw. Uh, a few years ago, we had another guy. If you remember, we targeted we target twenty or thirty times a game. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 if that gentleman didn't catch the ball, we didn't have a chance. But it's great to see a variety of uh, it must be able to spread the field here a little bit and give Holton more opportunity to be successful. Now Calhoun, you know, he'd been playing up to this point. I heard he was injured. Uh, that's why we haven't been throwing to him uh, as much. What do you know about that? That that's what has been alluded to during the whole process, and and then you hear Donnie talking about that we have had a rotation of tight ends, and you know that quite frankly the tight ends weren't exactly running the the, the crisp routes and not exactly in the right place at the right time, you know, out of position to make some catches and. Um, you know, we saw Jones make a great, you know, great early play against Appalachian at tight end. And, and evidently he's still kind of grasping being in the right place at the right time. You know, to be a good tight end, you got to you got all three phases you got to be able to take care of. Right. And it, and we heard all the hype preseason about Calhoun was just this guy that was, a, you know, an NFL quality guy, if not an all conference. You know, shouldn't be a tight end better than him, you know, in, in AAC play. And I guess. We're starting to maybe this is his breakout game, guys. I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I love to know that that's if, if, if that's our safety valve for the next couple of weeks. It opens up so much more on our offense, and um, we're still struggling to run the ball. I mean, you notice other than the big run, you know, we really weren't that productive in, in our running game. And, and well, we were we late had to play fifty times. We were late. Um, the the you know we had the, we had the one big run, but later in the game. Once we actually started going to Calhoun, uh, we were able to run the ball more successful. You know, I, you're, you're right 100% about Calhoun. It, it, it does open up the running game also, not just things in the passing game. And if Calhoun will continue to be a target, uh, I, I, I do think it's a difference maker. It's, it's like you're saying on the offense, it's a huge difference maker. I would love yeah, to see cool. Garcia get some snaps. I'd, lo- I'd love to see a lot of guys um, – you know, further in our depth chart, because we're going to need them later. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys that are going to go down. We're going to going to need to continue to bring up to develop our depth and our talent, guys, um, for what we know is coming down coming down the path here, you know. And, uh, you know, Charleston Southern is, is probably a great time to have this matchup. And it's a good measuring stick for we're playing against ourselves this week and kind of see if we're mature enough to handle handle a win, right, and, and able to – be going to the second half and be able to, you know, to, to impose our will and get some guys ready for, for the next ma- next matchup. No doubt. No question. And uh, Alan, we actually have some, uh, Bubba, if you can hear me, we're going to put those up there, but we've got some clips here from you know, the coach for, there you go. Thank you, Bubba. Marlon Gunn, big time running back out of Bal- uh, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, yesterday, yeah. so, out of Louisiana, uh, one of the best running backs, three-star guy. So, and another publication, I know that was from Igo, said three-star, but another one said four-star. I don't know if that was Rivals, or, uh, but another one has them a four-star. So um, great job there by the, the coaching staff uh, for sure. Well, what it, know, was, he, what it was, Dave, he was a four-star, and then he committed to East Carolina. He immediately lost the star. Ask Colton about there that. There you go. Pull it right off his hat, right? Yeah. yeah exactly. Way it looks, right? Take the star, right? Yeah. At you you made you read my mind about that about getting reps with other guys uh, you know the young guys like I know the Pop McKay uh, we're hearing that he's that he's doing very well Donnie K uh, said that so we're doing uh, we have these guys that we have uh, that Rajay and Keaton Mitchell those guys that run back hey uh, great to have them a half or two or three quarters but but put Pop McKay in there as well. 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need that depth at running back. I mean, we, we know that if you play tailback, you're in a car wreck on every snap. You know, it's just a matter of time before dings and dunks, you know, kind of kind of play their toll. We need to be quality three deep at running back at least to, to be effective as we go towards the end of the year. And also defensively, guys, I mean, we you know, you get after game, you know, you kind of break up a season and kind of, you know, three or four pieces, right? And you kind of look around and start having some attrition. So um, I'd love to see, you know, some continue to have some depth up front, what we're doing defensively up in, in the line and also a linebacker and see some guys continue to emerge as well because we're going to need them later in the year. We're going to run into a, some pretty potent offenses. Another thing I'd right, like to see this week before we get to Audrey, Coach. Or, yeah. Lord have mercy, Dave. I called you Coach. Before we get to Coach Audrey Dipson. I am a coach, actually. Go ahead. Well, I, I won't call you Coach, Dave. Um, but uh, before we get to Coach Audrey Dipson, uh, one thing I'd like to see you talk about uh, running backs. Uh, if the opportunity presents itself this week to play guys at other positions, and hopefully it will, I, I'd love to see Keaton Mitchell returning punts or kicks at some point. Tyler Seed does such a great oh, job. Uh, Snead is so small, it just it scares me to death, him touching the ball so much that at some point he's going to get hurt. I, I'd love to see Mitchell get a chance to return a kick. Yeah, and, and you know, it all it, it all comes down to the coach's confidence in the kid's hands. I'll be honest with you. You know, we, we've seen that where, you know, guys can can be fast as lightning, but but can you trust them, you know, in traffic, you know, making the catch and – Maybe Keaton is great at that. Maybe that's a, an element of his game. Uh, I'd love to see it, especially on kickoffs. A little more forgiving in a kickoff opportunity, right? But, you know, the punt game, you know, it, it's can the guy make the catch, you know, first and foremost and protect the football. But, hey, kickoff game, we just saw it with Ali, right? They they, they slid him in there in the, in the Marshall game and put a little wrinkle in. Next thing you know, he's, you know, 90 yards down the field and uh, like a scalded dog with a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and, and you're right about you know punts being a completely different animal. Uh, kickoffs is probably where you need to see Mitchell uh, try that. And, yeah, you know they probably done it at practice, I'm sure, but uh, I, I'd like to see it in the game just to see what it looks like. All right, speaking of the Charleston Southern game, uh, Allen and Kyle Bubba, let's go down to all tradition. Uh, we have him now with some clips. Jack's doing a really good job of uh, going out and just being who he is. Uh, when you have a veteran guy, in particular that quarterback position, the uh, that's the identity of your offense, right? And so if you don't have a trigger man, someone who you can count on, I mean, it really doesn't matter what you put around him. So he's doing a phenomenal job of uh, of of doing what he's supposed to do. But I'm really proud that he's uh, he's making other people around him better. And so uh, and that's what he has to continue to do. And that's what we need him to do. And so uh, I'm pleased with the effort that Jack's putting in. Uh, getting on him a little bit about managing the game. Uh, he's taking a few sacks that uh, I don't agree with. I think that uh, he has to do that a little bit better. But uh, that's a part of his maturation. Uh, you, you can't be mad at Jack because usually when he uh, is holding the ball, he's trying to make a play. Coach, I heard uh, Coach Houston, I believe, refer to your offense as a uh, an air raid style offense. Is that what you would consider it? Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a spread uh, tempo offense. Uh, we we have a lot of uh, we we do a lot of air raid principles. Uh, in it, so I can see why he uh, feels that way. Coach, uh, talk about some other players on offense that uh, maybe the fans will get a chance to see Saturday night and Dowdy Ficklin. 
uh, Monmouth in uh, the two the last two weeks. J.D. Moore, uh, a young man we got from Abbey, Abbeville, has uh, really been stepping up in the uh, running back department. Uh, Kyrus Barnett has been doing a really good job. Uh, O-line looks like they're starting to, you know, start being the people movers we need them to be. And just uh, overall had some receivers. Garrett Swarton had a really good first week. Uh, uh, Jeffrey Wall. So we, we, we still are trying, as you know, it's early in the season. And uh, you're still trying to figure out uh, if what you've seen in practice is going to match up when the live bullet starts, uh, starts start flying. And uh, so we're still in that process of uh, trying to uh, figure out. But those are a few guys who come right to mind who have uh, stepped up and made some plays when we needed them to over the last two weeks. All right, Altry Denson there, the head coach of Charleston Southern, of course, all-time leader running back in Notre Dame history. And uh, by the way, you can see that whole interview with Altry Denson. Uh, we'll have that posted for you, but we got some clips for you right now. Uh, next up, we have Altry Denson, and he's going to be talking about the defense. Let's let hear that now. Or maybe not. We'll get that in uh, just a second. Uh, what, what was your reaction there? Yeah, Alan? Is the, he's the all-time leading rusher in, uh, in Notre Dame history, huh? Yes, indeed. He uh, played two years under uh, under Lou Holtz and two years under Bob Davey. And if you remember, Bob Davey's offense was pretty much run, 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 run. So uh, he, a bit of that's because of the offense he was running. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he is indeed. I spent a number of years uh, in South Bend. Uh, 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 it's an in interesting coincidence. I guess Altry probably came just after him, but Lee Beckton, if you guys will remember that name, uh, played tailback at West Craven High School. Uh, and East, actually, his two finalists were East Carolina and, and Notre Dame, which I know that may sound curious, but he was really interested in staying home. He was a class, uh, known him since he was six years old. So uh, it was a special time for two or three years being able to go to South Bend for three games, staying with him on campus and watching them play Michigan, watching them play Charlie Ward in Florida State in that game of the century. And 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 Lee Becton actually is the still holds the Notre Dame record for the most 100-yard games in a row uh, in Notre Dame. And uh, he was the MVP of that game versus Charlie Ward and, and those guys in Florida State back in, back in the day. And then what did they do the following week? They lose to Boston College. So, uh, so yeah, a little, little interesting footnote there for you guys. in North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina connection, Lee Beckton. And friend of the show, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward's one of our all-time favorite guests. Yes. Uh, yeah. he, uh, he, we had him on here, and he gave us an hour of just, just, just audio gold back when we were just an audio-only show. Well, anytime we want Lee Beckton on here, you just let me know. How awesome would it be to have Lee and Charlie uh, relive that game? Oh, man, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> we, can we can do it. Let's make it happen, AT. We can do it. Yeah, brother. We can do it. Anyway, sorry about sliding off on that, but, you know, great little footnote there with Aldridge's history. All right. Have we I got any more audio the, from uh, Coach? We do. We have the defense. Uh, Bubba, if you can hear me, let's go to the, the clip there with the defense with uh, Coach Aldridge. Uh, defensively, man, we got a lot of vets, a lot of old heads, uh, and that's a good and a bad thing, right? Uh, so uh, you, you, it's funny because uh, you talk about those uh, six-year, those super seniors and those guys who are around, and, uh, man, they act just like old men, though. I mean, they act like they're 10-year veterans. I mean, you got to – I mean, it is funny uh, the way they just act and the way it's coached them, old man. But uh, in, in all seriousness, though, uh, we have some veterans there, some guys who have played a, a lot of football, so that's always comforting. 
Uh, Coach Zane Vance does a phenomenal job with the culture that they have within our uh, football ministry culture. And so uh, you start talking about Nick Sally's of the world. You start talking about Chandra Mims. You start talking about Anton Williams. Everything starts up front with that D-line. Then you have guys like Justin McIntyre, uh, linebacker core. And then you have Cody Klein and some other guys who played a lot of football. So uh, we're blessed to have a lot of guys who are battle-tested. And uh, we're going to get tested this week. So uh, it's good that they've been through the fire. And uh, you just hope they respond. Coach, how's your special teams looking uh, so far? Are you kicking game, punter, kick coverage? Uh, is it on point? You know what, man? Uh, we actually got one block last week, so uh, that is never what you want to have happen, right? Uh, the good thing is it was actually just execution error, and so you can get that uh, you can get that uh, situated just with personnel and things of that nature. But uh, it, it, that's always one of the deals, man, that it's always a work in progress. Everything is always a work in progress. I mean, you – it, what you did last week doesn't matter uh, going into the next week. And I mean, it all it, every week is uh, starting over from scratch, trying to build on what you've done well while trying to improve upon those deficiencies that are that are there with everyone at some point in some phase. That's Coach Altree Denson. He, of course, uh, talking about defense there. And I tell you what, guys, uh, we've got to make sure that we don't overlook uh, these guys will come in here hungry. Uh, they, you never know what can happen. And we've actually, we're, uh, as we told Coach in that interview, if you watch the whole interview, we'll have that up. Um, Coach, was we were telling us we're not overlooking SES programs. One, of course, of Mike Houston in 2017, early in the 2017 season, the first game. And, of course, it was that first game of 2018 as well. So, um, A&T. Yeah, no doubt. You can't you can't overlook anybody. Charleston Southern has a really good offense. They're well coached. Coach Coach, Coach Dempson knows what he's doing. He played for Lou Holtz. I mean, he, uh, he they'll come in here and it'll be their Super Bowl. And they got a couple of Eastern North Carolina kids. They got they got a kid from West Craven, and they got a kid from J.H. Rose. So uh, they'll uh, they'll come in here with something to prove. And those two kids in particular will probably have a chip on their shoulder, and uh, you know want to prove that they could be playing FBS football. And, uh, you know, we just seen it a couple of years ago with Jacksonville State and Florida State. It, it, you pretty much every week early in the year, you're going to see an FCS versus FBS upset if you check the scoreboard. And uh, let's hope this week it's not us. Well, we, we um, you know, scared money don't make money, right? That's what we heard that little saying, you know, in the last weekend, I think, a certain college game, a coach going for it, you know, going for the big play for the score. And we've got it again this week, you know, regardless of the opponent. I think we have got to be aggressive. Um, uh, I, I really hope we don't go back into a shell and ball control first and second quarter. I think we we got to go out like it's the fifth quarter of the game we just played. We don't need to be doing onside kicks, obviously, but um, you know let, let's open up our playbook and and use this opportunity to you know we got some room for forgiveness in this game. Let's go out and get some guys some experience and get some snaps. And these guys are dangerous. I mean, you've got a, a multi-threat quarterback who can run and pass it. And uh, I think Coach Houston is 0-3, I think, against this team, which That's is an interesting great. little side note. We've heard him talk about that and had a little fun with that. But, you know, I don't I don't think that he's definitely not going to take um, these guys lightly. And, and our guys have, have hopefully are ready to come back at home with, with a, a, a loud and rowdy doubty and, you know, ready to kind of put on a show. First night game under the lights, Dotty Thicklin, all that good stuff. I mean, it's, it should be an electric environment, great tailgating environment. And um, I think, knock on wood, we're fairly healthy. Uh, get out here and continue to develop this thing. But 
but you're right. I mean, you know, you know, protect the ball, play disciplined football, get some good experience. I mean, we, you, you know what your goals are. You know, this this should be a first half where we 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 try to play play at an elite level, not just to get through and can ball control an elite level in all three phases of the game, so we can have an opportunity in the second half to kind of see who else is who's out here who can come up and compete. The best thing I love about games like this is there are practice players and, you know, there are game players. I would love to find one or two guys on both sides of the ball that when they step across that line under the lights, you know, they just show those instincts that sometimes that you, you only see when, when, the, when the pressure's on, right? So let's hope we get a chance with a couple of guys on both sides of the ball. You remember, uh, you remember, A.T., uh, back in, oh, God, 2012, when uh, we had a we had an injury at running back and then another running back suspended, and we were down to our third string running back named Latavius Cooper against UTEP. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden we found out he was a pretty good running back. We sure did. Absolutely. <laughs> so you, you maybe you find somebody like that this week who hadn't touched the ball yet. Maybe, you know, we got two great running backs. Maybe Pop McKay touches the ball and he's lightning in a bottle. You know, who knows? Maybe somebody that, you know, that, that's not even on the radar gets in the ball game and, Make play after play. Uh, what you know? What, what I'd love to see, you know, and I know this isn't really Coach Houston's mindset. Uh, who knows? But I, I'd love to see us try to score fifty in the first half. Tell, tell the guys, let's see if we can get fifty in the first half and uh, come as close as we can, and then empty the bench in the second. And you know, then again, Charleston Southern's going to be trying too. We might not have that opportunity. Um, don't want to disrespect our opponent, but I, I'm like UAT. I think if we come out and we and we go hard. Don't play conservative and uh, try to put up as many points as we can, be wide open. Uh, we could get a lot of guys in in the second half. And the good thing about uh, the final, you know, seven or eight minutes of, of last week, you know, on the road, first true road game, you know, they were fairly quick drives, but we put together for the first time this year multiple sustained drives in a row. And we had uh, a situation where, we used uh, all 11 of our players on offense uh, and quarterback, you know, in many ways, you know, to help sustain what we call the Patrick, what I call it the Patrick Pinckney, the, the moving of the change, right? Find a way to get the first down, keep the thing moving. So it'll be interesting to see how much, you know, if we go back into training wheels, you know, from a quarterback position or if we allow Holton, like I said, let the big dog eat, feed the big dog, let him do his thing. I would love to see us go two and three deep at quarterback by the end of this game. Even beyond Garcia, we've got some talent at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I would love to see um, – who's our gentleman Stub from, from Texas? Is it Stubblefield? Stubblefield? Stubblefield is awesome. He's a great athlete. Loved him in the spring game. Sat next to his dad and, and got to know them a little bit. And um, a guy who has a lot of Pinkney-esque qualities and his the way he yeah. is able to move in the pocket and – you know, not a big, super strong arm, but just an accurate guy who has good field vision. I would love to see a chance for uh, Garcia and, and all three of these guys and maybe get a chance to see the field a little bit and and um, get a few linemen out there as well to see what they can do, you know, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Hey guys, and go ahead, Dave. Guys, we had a chance to uh, talk to – when we talked to Coach Denson, we talked to him also about special teams, and let's ask him about that right now. Another topic related to that, you always hear these pundits in media that, that are always, you know, talking power five, power five, and wanted to move the so-called group of five and the FCS 
to the spring. Uh, I would imagine. What What are your thoughts on that? I I know for me, I, I didn't see a lot of coverage of FCS football this past spring, and you know we were in the middle of baseball season here. So you know we we you know as a as an outsider of an FBS program, I didn't follow it as much as I thought I would. Um, I I think football should be played in the fall. I have no interest in seeing FCS or Group of Five move to the spring permanently. Absolutely, man. Football is meant to be played in the in the fall, and uh, I just think that was conversation, uh, different things that you know, just the general stuff that happens. You know, the water cooler talk and all of that stuff. But uh, I, I don't think you'll find anybody that will say that they would have to flip and play in the spring as opposed to playing in the fall. Now, I'll tell you what I will, and I know this is something that's been floating out there. I think it would be good if you could play a spring game versus someone else. You know, start moving to that, yeah. especially where we're located, where you have your Clemson's, your South Carolina, your Coastals. You have other schools because the one thing everyone, and I don't care if it's Power 5 or not, what you struggle with in the spring is depth, right? And actually having a quality spring game because there's going to be a position that's going to be depleted just because you, you've you lost your seniors and you haven't brought the freshmen on. And I think it can also, from an FCS standpoint, be a good another revenue stream. And so I am in favor of that because I think that it'll give you kind of what we got in the spring, right, uh, Kyle, which was what we got a more in-depth evaluation because we were able to see our guys against someone else. But uh, to say a total season, I don't think you'll find anybody that would be up for that. How about that? So uh, something I hate that, uh, AT, I hate that, that talk about group of five to begin with, but to move us and FBS to spring is the lamest idea. And I hear talking heads talk about that. I can promise you folks on this show, you'll never hear. I don't know if I, I sure won't agree with that, um, but I'll, I'll let you answer that. But I, I, I don't want to see those games move to the spring. You know, the only people that would be possibly – Discussing that would be anybody who, um, you know, maybe played board games in high school and didn't play football and didn't, didn't experience what uh, a, a brisk November or October nine of, you know, football was about. I mean, somebody that wants to is looking for product uh, to 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 place on TV sometime in the spring because there is a lull in activity and um, under no circumstance would, would I would I be in any way, uh, you know, I, I you know. You know, it's, it is interesting, the concept of maybe having a game, you know, uh, at, at the conclusion mm -hmm. of, of drills, uh, maybe a regional opponent and, and having a matchup. And maybe that's a little bit of a revenue producer. Um, th that concept is, it interests me, you know, rather than a, playing a, um, you know, a purple gold game or whatever else. How cool would it be to have, you know, one year you play App, one year you play State, one year you play South Carolina? Oh, I don't, I don't know if you want to do that, AT. I was thinking more I, like I, a little. Hey, we're just. I'm thinking more like a little. Like like State. Hey, <laughs> we, like we can it. have fun with this. We can have fun with this. Why, why not treat yes, it as sir. something as a way to just kind of. I you even get players hurt for a game that doesn't count. I don't believe yeah, I can they play it. hurt the spring game, you know. Yeah. They hurt in the spring game. So, and, and again, yeah, you see the pro teams do this all the time. You, they go travel, travel to Denver yep. and. Have controlled scrimmages, and um, you know, maybe you're not out there treating it like it's a Super Bowl, but but I think there'd be some intrigue with a, with a spring. Anyway, hey, we're just hey, you asked me, and I told you. I mean, throwing interesting ideas out there that you know could be a wrinkle, you know, in terms of something that's interesting. Yeah, I, I'm with you on playing on playing a non-conference or a non-conference game. I'm with you on playing a different opponent during the spring. Besides yourself, I just wouldn't go with another FCS program. I, I'd, I'd go FCS Division Two, II, Division Three. Um, 
well, yeah, I, I, I don't see, I do not see FBS coaches wanting to go for FBS versus FBS in the spring. Could be wrong, but I just, I can't imagine. The only, the only upside to that AT may be what you just said. They may go, well, hell, South Carolina's not going to want to get their kids hurt either. So it may actually be safer than playing somebody <laughs> like Elizabeth City State that would just be, be dying to beat East Carolina. Treat it like a Super Bowl, right? The way to kick yes. off your next season, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, just, yep. hey, just, you know, if, if we're looking for any intrigue for the spring, to me, that would be a wrinkle that may not be a bad thing for folks to take a look at. But. No, I think anybody, I think playing anybody else in the spring, having an actual game where, you know, you could sell tickets, you know. Money, uh, baby. I think it would definitely be a revenue generator for sure. How about that? When uh, that's one of the things we've talked about, we need to get Jeff Barber too. We had a comment from him about East Carolina. We'll do that in just a second. But uh, AT, one of the things I sent from the athletic was the fact that uh, about our about the expansion for the American and about the our TV deal may go down even significantly down. Uh, but what about that? If you could add some games like that in the spring. Some big time matchups that would be that might help our TV deal, guys. Well, the, the TV deal look, we, we lost three big time schools with UCF, Houston, Cincinnati. So, yeah, we're gonna lose some money in TV. Um, I, I don't know how much it's gonna be, it's gonna be who we replace them with. You know, will the Mountain West thing work out? Who knows? Um, I think that's gonna also be uh, kind of kind of dictated on. I, I think we're asking ESPN now if we for some ideas on numbers on if we get this school or this school, how much will it go down? And uh, I think that's kind of what's holding things up, but it's going to go down some. The question is how much? Uh, let, let me say this. I, it's interesting to hear the very guarded language that Oresco is using. Um, we do have a pretty good poker player. Uh, there's been some times we looked around on this campus, at, you know, and who, who's at AD or, maybe in some other leagues who happen to be the commissioner and, and maybe not have some confidence, but we've got a guy who's been around the block in, in this media game and, and in this, this horse trading game that, that is out there and hearing the coded language of him saying that, you know, we aren't pursuing anybody that's not pursuing us right now is, is some pretty interesting language to hear. And some of the trial balloons being floated out there with some of these teams, I mean, Colorado state, San Diego state, you know, um, you know, you, you haven't heard Boise said as much here the past past week or so. And, um, you know, you, you often hear, you know, um, you know, bird in the hand versus, you know, bird in the bush or whatever. Right. If, if they're waiting for an invite from the Big 12 that may or may not come years down the road, you wonder if that's a, a smart move for some of these teams. But I mean, if, if it's about the media deal, then I think that clearly defines the three or four teams you probably have to probably need to be at the top of the list, if they're interested, if they're inclined, you know, for us, obviously we'd love to add uh, a regional rivalry one or two in our backyard. There's some obvious candidates Two of them are playing right now on the screen in front of me. Right. Um, and other candidates that make a lot of sense, but if, if it's about uh, saving our media deal and being competitive long-term then, and hearing some of the language from Oresco, I think this, this um, move further West westward, uh, probably has a lot of merit no not, not on my opinion but in terms of keeping the media deal together you know you've even heard some outlandish talk about um you know it's a different league now going back to UConn are they able to have an interest in coming back in the league uh being engaged you know or uh but but anyway there, there's a lot of talk right now I mean 
look, there's there's 20 teams that would love to 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 that would jump at the chance to go to the AAC, and it's just a matter of which one enhance our probability with the next round of uh, of poaching that we know is probably going to come. I still feel strongly, and uh, I don't have any inside scoop on this, but I still feel strongly that the Big 12 that that um, Kansas and Oklahoma State will eventually leave the Big 12 as well at some point. I think a deal will get worked out. It's going to take a little bit longer, but I feel you know there will be another you know a, another another shift in this maybe in the next 24 months. If if the trash football league known as the Pac-12 had a brain in their head. They would invite in Oklahoma State and TCU and maybe immediately. Texas also immediately. immediately. Yeah, so I, I don't know what they're doing. Um, but the Mountain West thing, you know, wh- what I keep reading is Boise is not interested. San Diego State may not be. Air Force definitely is. Uh, that's something that I've heard for a while now that Air Force wanted out of the Mountain West. And obviously Navy being in the same conference with them would be appealing to them. And then, uh, you know, Colorado State's in the same state with them. So, uh, and Colorado State has not been very successful in the Mountain West recently. So, sometimes you you feel like you need a new home. And I know in recent years, they've recruited the East Coast a lot, Colorado State I'm speaking of. So, having an opportunity to play out East some and get into Texas would, would probably be beneficial to them. Um, is Air Force and Colorado State enough to um, – to, to uh, warrant going out west. If Boise and San Diego State aren't going to come, you know, is Colorado State and Air Force enough to, to warrant going that far west? Granted, Colorado's a lot closer to Texas than people realize. I've heard speculation that it's going to be Air Force, Colorado State, UTSA, and UAB. Yeah, a lot, a lot of talk about UAB because of the emerging market opportunity there. Um, I was hoping that there would be more chatter about Army or somebody getting back in the Northeastern media market somehow, but, but haven't heard a lot of chatter on that here the past couple of weeks, but, but uh, you know, Oresco is, is a wily, a wily guy. So um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it's like wait, waiting for the, the, the papal, uh, you know, the, the, the Pope to be named, right. The, waiting for the smoke, the puffs of smoke. But um, I think we'll probably know sooner than later as they kind of narrow in on some of these candidates, because with all the notifications that have to, come and play, you know, multiple years in advance and paying exit fees. Yeah. Every league has these, these traps now, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you have, if you're looking to do something in 2024, you got to, you got to put the word out now. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I'll say this, and we'll move on from the topic. If we, if, if the Mountain West stuff doesn't work out, what I don't want to see the American do is just go straight after markets. I don't want to see the league guard. Right, let's take Charlotte. Let's take Georgia state. Let's take UAB and let's take FIU. Uh, you know, Miami, Charlotte, Atlanta. Uh, I don't want to see us do that. I think that was a mistake for Conference USA. The Sun Belt took the path of taking the best football teams they could. Look where the Sun Belt is now. Look where Conference USA is now. One's got a bunch of ESPN games. The other's playing on Facebook. Drop the mic. Yeah, and uh, one more point, too, is the fact, guys, I, I told you guys this earlier, and then we'll get to Jeff Barber here in a second, but I told you guys earlier today the very fact that like to see my my pick would be get the two that we're hearing about in the and the Mountain West when you have Air Force and also Colorado State and then get kind of a compromise. The West will be those two teams for the PB and give us Appalachian State and Marshall and the East and then that way you would have that way you definitely have some good football. 
yeah, yeah. I think that those guys all, uh, I would assume, are definitely in the mix. Uh, I mean, you've probably got, you know, ultimately you, you're going to have some some prima donnas there, some programs that, that may, maybe think they're a little more worth than they are. We'll, we'll see whether, you know, the, these negotiations and discussions, and maybe maybe that's Boise, you know, in this certain scenario, and uh, that could come full circle. So so we, we, we shall see, but there's a lot of merit for, for Appalachia, no doubt, and Marshall and and, and UAB can make a great argument, a program that had the death penalty a few years ago with the University of Alabama system literally shutting them down, you know, and, and, and their resurgence in the market. But, but um, you know, it's, 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 it's going to be an interesting three to six months. And I'm telling you, we're going to know more about this sooner than later, in my opinion. All right. And let's go now. We'll go now to Jeff Barber. We had a chance to talk to him yesterday, and we're talking to him about East Carolina. And let's go to that clip with uh, Jim Ford. Let's go to that right now. All right, Bubba's having a hard time. I'm sure he'll get that to him in just a second. He's in, in Boone tonight. At the Bubba's trying to enjoy a game. He's, he's in Boone watching that. Not only an alum of East Carolina, but a Greenville native going all the way back. I know you said to 1961 how crazy is it to you know how rowdy dowdy can be dowdy ficklin how crazy is it you're coming back in a in uh, as a director of athletics for a different school it's pretty crazy david i um you know i think i thought about it quite a, a bit i think we've had the contract for a couple of years now and um and i thought a lot about it you know it, it, the, the weird thing is i've done this long enough i've been at five different schools now including east carolina that I know when I walk through the tailgate lots or whatever, you know, I'm going to get the whatevers and cause I, you know, be wearing a, a blue Buccaneer shirt or something. And, and, you know, they got no idea that the guy that they're uh, talking to or speaking to or whatever you want to call it, that there's, he's an East Carolina graduate and, and uh, kind of, you know, I was back there with Dave Hart and all that kind of thing. So it's fine. You know, it is what it is. You know, you do this business long enough and you do you learn to not take things personal that people, people don't realize, but, it's going to be a lot of fun, but, um, you know, uh, it's going to be, be exciting. Yeah, talk about how this matchup came to be. You said, I know it's a contract that had been in place for a couple of years at least now, but um, John Gilbert, he made it clear that East Carolina was looking for early season FCS opponents, um, probably one a year. And then, you know, um, obviously um, Charleston Southern likes to, likes to play an FBS opponent on occasion. So how did this game come about? You know, Bubba, to be honest, I think it was pre-John. I'm pretty sure I could check the contract and see. But um, the way it happened is when you're an FCS program like ours, if you want to do something um, like put in a new video scoreboard, uh, we've got to pay for it. And uh, it doesn't, you know, we don't have the media rights. We don't have the money from the school necessarily. So so basically the way we do that here is with game guarantees. So we're actually playing Georgia the last game of the year, and we got East Carolina this year. So I'm, I'm thinking it was about two years ago. I was trying to buy a Dactronics, a 52-foot video board, uh, 10 millimeter pixel and all that fun stuff. You guys know about that. And uh, I needed a game. So they said, well, we've got, you know, you got this game scheduled and whatever. So um, there's a fellow by the name of Dave Brown who works with Gridiron. And he's kind of the master scheduler for college football. So we have a website. And I went on there and there was a number of teams, you know, FBS schools looking to buy a game for that particular date. And uh, fortunately, East Carolina was one of them. I, I kind of, 
had a little bit of a, oh, do I really want to go back and, and this, but, but uh, yeah, I do. So, so actually be, believe it or not, the money that we'll make from this game will help, helped us buy a new big football video board for, uh, for our football stadium. So I think it was about two years ago. Well, that was uh, Jeff Barber there on East Carolina. By the way, if you want to see those interviews, you can just subscribe to our YouTube channel. It gives you a chance to see the whole interview. Over 30 minutes he spent with us yesterday. Alan, what a class act that that he is. And I appreciate him coming on and spending some time with us uh, yesterday afternoon with Bubba and I. It was such a great time with him and uh, class act. So you can do that. Also, the coach, Officer Jensen, was over one minute long. Uh, coach spent time with us. Uh, Alan, you want to talk about a great guy, a guy of his family, faith. He also is uh, one that after practice, he spent time in his office and uh, spent time with us on Tuesday night. Yeah, are you talking about Jeff Barber? Well, first with Jeff yesterday afternoon, he was wrapping up his day, but on Wednesday afternoon, but Tuesday night, Coach spent uh, 20 minutes plus with us and um, I spent time with his family, but he spent time out of his day to be with us on the objective. Yeah, just a phenomenal human being, I tell you, just just as you say, just just a class act. And it's great when you get a chance to spend just get a glimpse into the world of these professionals, guys, and, and just see, you know, how much sacrifice that they make for these kids and for their program. And and um and I look, they're they're paid for it, no, no doubt about it. But it, it's just great to meet the quality human beings that are out there, you know, just doing great because we we've met them all now. We've met the good, the bad, and the ugly, that's Clint Eastwood said. And it's good to really spend time around the quality guys and see them do it right. Hey, we you don't have to go that far back, uh, Alan, the last seven years to, to have that movie. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. And Jeff Barber, uh, every time I get a chance to, to talk about Jeff, I want to do it. I mean, Jeff's a guy, quite frankly, um, you know, it's a merry-go-round, right? It's the carousel. Yeah, the timing has to be right. He's a guy that, you know, was often thought would be the athletic director at East Carolina, you know, at some point over the past. And and uh, he, he's had quite an interesting ride, you know, with, with some great jobs. And everywhere he's been, he's really built, you know, tremendous programs. And so I think a lot of Jeff and, and, and the work that he has done and um, we, we know his resume and, and, and he he is a he's a member of the family. And that's awesome to kind of just see the pirate family and see where he's able to do point. And and so great to have him back, you know, on campus here and uh this 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 weekend. And it'll be like a homecoming, almost like if we played like we played UT Chattanooga or you know, one of those schools down in Mississippi. You know, our our, our pedigree on the administrative side really reaches out now, you know, and some really some really great examples of folks who have uh, really uh, learned a lot here at ECU and expanded out in college athletics. And they yeah, I, uh, and I was going to comment on Jeff Barber also. I love, love Jeff. Um, obviously, with the namesake here, no relation. Uh, but uh, he, uh, yeah, well, maybe. But uh, he, uh, he's somebody that, you know, when the job came up in last time and, uh, you know, uh, Dave Hart did that deep dive. Boy, that was $600,000 well spent, wasn't it? Um, he, uh, you know, I thought maybe Jeff would uh would be back, um, but unfortunately, you know, nothing against John Gilbert, but you know, I, I thought you know maybe we we bring back somebody like Jeff Barber or uh, you know, my my boy there at Eastern Michigan, 
But um, didn't happen. And uh, glad, glad to have Jeff back this weekend. Uh, by the way, that 600000 Alan, uh, in the green room before you jumped on, we, uh, Kyle and I were talking, wouldn't that 600000 be nice for an indoor practice facility? I knew where you were going with that. I don't, I'm not sure if the GoFundMe uh, craze is going to pull this off, but, you know, we, we need to we, – anyway, we, if we have one singular focus on something that we do to help move this program forward the next 12 months – We've got folks that can pull that off. We really, we really need to. I like to see somebody um, really take that initiative in the athletic department and make that happen. Put the right people together to make it happen. So we'll we'll see. But you know what? It it, it takes um, inspiration and and perspiration, right? Um, yeah. To pull that off, and and somebody needs to step up and own it and help make it happen. Hey, AT, you're the former mayor of Greenville. You're, you're well connected. Can't you pick up the phone? And call Vince McMahon, and let's have the WWE indoor practice. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Hey, I wanted the I wanted the school of professional wrestling here. Are you kidding me? Why not? <laughs> Why not be the first to, uh, you know, make that happen and um, you know, show how to jump off the turnbuckle, right? And, hey, look, yeah. I, I got I, I got a better idea. Vince McMahon has no interest in East Carolina. Uh, why, why don't we call Tony Khan, the owner of AEW, the son of the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars? And say, hey, look, we're you know we're we're Vince McMahon's alma mater. We know you're trying to beat him. He don't want to help us. So wouldn't that be a slap in his face if you gave to his university? Hey, man, hey. you're you're right. <laughs> the AEW Stadium or whatever. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, no doubt. Hey guys, uh, before we wrap this thing up, I want to get us on final thoughts on Charleston Southern and uh, what are you thinking going into Saturday night's game? Whoever wants to take it first. I, I think we need to handle our business. Um, don't want to take anybody for granted, but this is a game you, you need to win. You need to win big. I, I got a feeling we're going to have a surprisingly good crowd. It's family weekend. Family weekend sometimes draws better than homecoming weekend at East Carolina for whatever reason. Um, it, coming off that big win, I saw a lot of Pirate fans suddenly that weren't going that are going. So uh, it'd be nice to put on a show and, uh, you know, have a fun atmosphere in there. And that's what, you know, there hasn't been a lot of fun moments in Daddy Ficklin over the last few years. Just be nice to go in there and have some fun Saturday. I, I agree, Kyle. And uh, Hey, there are a lot of, there are a lot of fans, uh, you know, in close circles that uh, late third quarter said they weren't coming <laughs> this coming Saturday. A lot of folks were, you know, are feeling pretty down and it's amazing what seven minutes and 40 seconds will do for you. Right. Um, pirates with pirates. It never comes easy. The struggle is real. Ain't easy being a pirate. You know, it's all true. The chip, you know, embrace it. That, that's who we are. But we are internal optimists. And I feel we'll have a good crowd here. The weather is going to be – this is a, a phenomenal, you know, 79-degree high, sunny night game. Everything ECU football is all about. People that, uh, that weren't able to make it to Huntington love to come and see what this team is capable of. And uh, let's just hope that this turns into the fifth and sixth quarter, right, of what we what we started last week. And, um, and again, I said, regardless of opponent, uh, we're playing against ourselves, I think, this week in, in, in terms of being able to string together and feed off of what we did last week and uh, show that we're the program that beat Marshall, not the program that lost to South Carolina and, and Appalachian. As I look up here with Marshall in the lead, you know, late in the third quarter. And driving. Um, just tells you what we're capable of, guys. Let's just go, um, you know, I don't know if we're going to lay 50 on somebody in the first half, Kyle, but but why not let that be the goal? Let's just 
let's excel in offense and defense, put ourselves in a position to to see what kind of team we are going forward. Just, just look forward to it. By the way, touchdown Marshall. They just won it by two scores on App State. That's the same team we beat Saturday night. So, Pirate fans yeah. get excited. Uh, we, 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 we have the capability to be a good football team. And, uh, and by the way, you mentioned 79 degrees Saturday for the high. 52 is the projected low. I know you ladies get excited about your hoodies and sweaters, so break them out. But remember, you can still wear shorts with a hoodie. All right, guys, I have, one final, I have one final question. Both of you are Pirate fans. So for the long tailgate, we have a night game. I got a question for you. So Bojangles or beer for breakfast? Which one are you going to take? Kyle, who, Kyle or uh, Alan? For breakfast? Yeah. <laughs> It's a long tailgate. Yeah, oh, my God. That yeah. is a long tailgate. We're doing it at breakfast. Kyle's a big White Claw guy, so you might want to talk to him about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, you're, you're right. My favorite is raspberry. No, uh, I, I'm going to go Bojangles and a little Jim Beam, actually. Uh, but let's, let's, go, let's go Let's go. with a Cajun filet and a, and a, and a Jim Beam and Coke. I, I would agree with a little uh, a foundation of uh, some heavy biscuits and grease early on and as your anchor. As you move on through a long tailgate through the day, and and uh, maybe you still a nap around two o'clock, and you know, and rally up, get ready for the game. So, no question about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And pirates. Uh, uh, by the way, before we go, um, if anybody wants to sponsor our show, um, then make sure that you do so. And uh, AT, you're well connected. So, uh, anybody that wants to sponsor AT and uh, Kyle Barber, maybe we'll have a. Uh, Kyle likes to cut a lot of promos, so maybe we can do that. But I want a, a, a guy that I know very well. Uh, hey, look, hey, if, a, if AT was going to cut a promo, it would be in vain of Eric Bischoff. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Whatever it takes, Kyle. Whatever it takes, brother. Let's do it. You, you got to let your hair go. You, you know, I don't know. Well, you, you don't dye your hair. Eric dyed his hair for years. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah, you know, you know, you know, Eric's gone gray now. But I'm sure you've heard that before that you look like Eric Bischoff. <laughs> Yeah, but I'll take nice. it, man. I'll take it. You, you guys have done a phenomenal job, you know, building this this brand and and bringing great content. I mean, you talked about it before. You know, it's it's you bring great local flavor. You also bring national flavor with, with Charlie Ward and all the other coaches and people that are you know that are really icons in the game. And and um, just a phenomenal job with this product, guys. And look forward to bigger and better things and being involved with you with with the programming and what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. That great sponsor, by the way, my friend Tim Neal, is Surveillance and Security Solutions. So make sure that you uh, definitely, if you have any kind of uh, security detail, you're like Alan Thomas and you're a VIP and you need security, like bodyguards around you, Tim can do that. You need private eye work, Tim can do it. They can do it all, but it's Surveillance and Security Solutions. Appreciate them sponsor the show and being a part of it. As we grow, and I told T earlier about some ideas we have, we're going to grow this thing, uh, then we're going to need more and more sponsors. So I appreciate that very, very much. Kyle, buddy, appreciate you very much. Uh, the tailgate slots will open. Guys, help me out. I know that six o'clock game. So is that six hours at a time? Is that a noon? I think it's a noon or when, when, when the tailgate fields, you know, will, will be open. I guarantee you, people be lined up and ready. And, and, um, it's what it's all about, you know, fall, fall in Eastern North Carolina and, uh, the wafting smoke of uh, those pig cookers and uh, just that smell of, of great food and laughter and music and all the things that make Greenville special and East Carolina football special and Pirate Nation. So so uh, buckle up and get in here and, and have a great time on Saturday. 
No doubt about it. I love my new park space. It just means I'm old at 48 years old. I finally am able to park near the stadium. So, <laughs> uh, By the way, I want to let everybody know, speaking of after the game, we're going to have our Pirates playback sometime around 1030 or so. Hopefully people will join us. Maybe we can do it live there, guys, on the tailgate fields if you guys have time. Uh, maybe we can do it there, but uh, that'll be coming up around 10.30. Something depends on the – I don't know how long that game. It might be shorter. Who knows? But it'll be definitely Saturday night after the game, our Pirate football playback, and hopefully we're talking about a victory, guys. So I'm not going to take anything for granted until after uh, the fact, no doubt. I appreciate you guys, AT. Thanks to Jeff Barber and also uh, the Charleston Southern University head football coach, Altry Denson, appreciate him as well. Thank you, Bubba, for producing and boom very much to the game. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to the Pirate Preview right here on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody, and as always, go Pirates. Yo, what's going on, y'all? This is Udon Cheek, assistant track and field coach at East Carolina University. You are plugged into the Sports Objective Podcast. If you are a fan, you are plugged into the right place. And if you're really a fan, you will share that link. My heart is purple and gold. I'm a pirate down to my soul. And I don't back down, not at all. Find out when the cannons explode. Boom!